Hello, and welcome to Quadrivia, the podcast that takes you a step beyond trivia and into the minds of the people who craft it. I'm Calvin with Footnote Trivia. I'm Jason with Liquid Courage Entertainment. And I am Jacob with Hindsight Trivia, and welcome to the episode. Guys, how are we doing this fine evening? Evening? What are you talking about? It's like five in the morning here. Clearly, we don't. Yeah, no, we time zones are a thing. Isn't that right, Calvin? That's true. But it it all blends together for me and the sun's still out. So it's day to me. Oh, God, it is, is, isn't it? It's definitely night here. Uh, It's definitely night here. There you go. Yep. Sun uh, just went down out in my neck of the woods here. Uh, Time zones are complicated, right, Jeremy? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, for the the, uh... the cricket noises right there. Yeah, for the listeners, this was supposed to be a four-handed episode, but uh, apparently 8 p.m. Central means two different things to two different people who live 40 minutes away from each other. That's our Jeremy. Calvin, it has been a a good long time since I got to talk uh, with you virtually face-to-face. How you doing, man? It's been been pretty good, I guess. I feel like most of us had had a little dip, a little valley of like their enthusiasm for trivia, and I experienced that kind of this summer. I still did my weekly games, but just barely getting them done. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of at a crossroads of like what to do, whether I want to go back to live, keep on hosting virtually. So I'm, Mm. I'm really in a pickle in that sense. But uh, other than that, everything else is fine. I still generally like writing questions, all that good stuff, staying engaged. Oh, good. As long as you have the the desire to keep writing questions, you're going to be fine. The rest of it, you can bullshit your way through. Yeah, exactly. How about you, Jacob? How you feeling these days? I'm feeling good. I uh, I'm kind of feeling the the pressure to up my game a little bit. I've been so busy with normal work stuff that I feel like my trivia has uh, actually dwin- not uh, uh, decreased in quality. So I am making an effort to spend more time writing questions and uh, better my my question writing and overall game okay. content so yeah i'm, I'm kind of going in a different direction i'm on a level with both of you uh today's game the one that's going on live right now um i wrote back in 2019 because i sat down <laughs> the computer like 10 this morning i'm like okay i'm responsible for 51 questions i knocked out one the most important one the final one and then looked at uh my event calendar and realized oh i got a bunch of household stuff to do today well it looks like it's a rerun <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I can't wait for the day when I have a big enough archive to be able to do that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a two-step process, and that first step takes a good long time to develop. I totally agree with you in the sense that, like, I feel like week in, week out, if you take, like, my five, like, top five or ten favorite questions, they're all pretty good. You know, they the top five or ten meet a certain threshold, but mm. then I just don't find enough time to write the next ten and the next ten after that, and then it's like, okay. Well, I got to fill it out somehow. And then you kind of like, eh, you either use repeats or things you're not too happy with. You're like, oh, this is as good as the 10 that I wrote. But for me, it's just about finding the time to do so. And I just, it's tough. I guess I have to sit down. I feel the same way when I, you know, look at the blank sheets in front of me and go, okay, I got to fill out 50 of these. About five of them end up being something that I, I could say I'm proud of. Probably about 30 of them are, are absolutely passable and nobody's going to think twice about them, good or bad. And then there's some real iffy ones in there that are either too short or too generic. The clues are weird or, you know, the subject matter is something that I'm not positive is going to go over well. It's either going to play too easy, play too hard. Um, 
it, it happens. Yeah, but hey, eh, just uh, oh, maybe a change of scenery for me might get me a little more inspired. I've uh, like I said, I'm I'm deciding whether I want to get back into life. That's uh, that's my big that's my big decision right now. Yeah, it, it it definitely is a big decision, especially um your online game is still going pretty well, I would assume. Oh gosh, it's not. There's still people playing, friends and some regulars, but it's dropped off so sharply since what a year ago. What? Are, oh yeah, it's... we used to be the lack of options, and now we're the choice. I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's pretty universal from from everybody who's been on the show here and people I've talked to in the community. It's it's the nature of the beast. We were in a lot of ways, a stopgap uh, being online the way we were for as long as we were. And people are just, they, they're tired of staring at their computers, man. They don't want to be on Zoom anymore. They don't want to be typing their their commentary. They want faces. And it would be great if it were safe to do that again. It's still very kind of cringy to do. But, you know, at, at some point, some steps have to go in some direction. So I'm not like sitting here wringing my hands at the notion of people leaving their houses. Uh, but at the same time, and uh, hot take alert, get the vaccine and wear a goddamn <laughs> mask. I want to go back to work. I feel like that should be the PSA before all of the episodes. Just It hey really guys. should. It really should. If uh, you haven't. Yeah, and now we got this thing where people are you know, going to veterinary shops and getting dewormers so that they don't have to take the shot or wear the mask. And I'm like, really, you are just solving this problem in the dumbest possible way. Uh, but my buddy, Will, who uh, who hosts for me, bothered me in the middle of putting together today's questions uh, to share with me. There's a new term going around for the people who do that. And you guys want to hear it? Yes. Naysayers. Uh, <laughs> Corey, where's that? The don't sound effect. No, if I if I had to be subjected to that terrible pun, you guys did too. Yeah. <sighs> All right, should we uh should we jump head first in today's topic? We shall. Uh, today we're going to talk about venue relations, uh, which can go off in a lot of different directions. Um, but down in Alabama, it really just kind of goes in the one direction. <laughs> Oh, you mean venue relations. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so the first thing that I think is important is kind of where all venue relations begin. And it's kind of your first meeting with that venue. So, uh, Jason, I'm curious. You've been doing trivia for a long time. And obviously you had a venue that you went to first. It was probably with karaoke, I assume, since that's where your business started. But I think it, it also works for here. How did you approach the bar owner or did they approach you and how did that go? So the story uh, through which I got my start in trivia is actually kind of an interesting one, because as you alluded to, I was a, a karaoke host for about six or seven years in the area. Um, and it tossed around the idea of around that time of, of you know branching out and expanding and, and doing trivia, because I've always been a huge fan of trivia game shows and, and trivia board games and stuff like that. Uh, I ended up at a TGI Fridays for lunch with my <laughs> wife one day, um, just out running errands, no ulterior motive or anything. And uh, as as we're having lunch in the slower part of their uh, shift, the the kitchen manager uh, comes out and just does his you know afternoon wellness check with all the the tables that are sitting there. And I look at the guy, I'm like, I, I know this guy. 
Uh, it turns out I had worked for him in the restaurant more or less across the street like seven years earlier. So we got to talking and I told him what I was doing and everything and just kind of casually brought up. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're eyeballing this expansion into like pub trivia. And he's like, Ooh, pub trivia. Um, send me an email with information. So I did. And we ended up our first, uh, official, like traditional pub trivia show ended up being on Saturday nights at 10 o'clock, uh, at a TGI Fridays, about 35 minutes from my house. Just the weirdest Saturday, Saturday night, 10 PM Saturday nights. That's is, like, is that not like? Oh no, I, I realize the name of the restaurant's Fridays, but is that not prime time? Like, that's either drinks prime, prime hour or date night kind of yeah. time period, right? Well, <laughs> well, let me let me answer that question with a question. If it were ten o'clock on a Saturday night and you were looking for nightlife, would you go to a TGI Fridays? Depends on who my date is. I'm also no. in middle America. Let Actually, me ask you quick, a slightly hand. different question. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I got to say something because mm-hmm. you brought up TGI Fridays. You know the origin story of TGI Fridays? Uh, I feel like I've heard it before, but it's not leaping to the front of my mind. Long story short, it first opened in New York, I think around uh, what's the Greenwich Village. And it was the hottest like uh, women's bar like single women's bar in the entire area because there's a bunch of like actresses and flight mm-hmm. attendants and they actually served like you know like kind of sweet drinks that weren't just like straight whiskey and they had nice decor and everything was clean so it was like the most happening place for like huh. single attractive women in new york when it first opened so tgi fridays is one of the the og bars would never have predicted that there you go the so don't be you know. i i don't talk smack about tgi fridays i'm just trying to picture jennifer aniston in a TGI Fridays <laughs> back in the day catering to like flight attendants and, and uh, models and yeah they, they probably came a long way from then it's like the the evolution of like a wolf to a chihuahua but there you go but to uh to circle back on who yes. does come out to trivia nights on a Saturday at 10 p.m at a chain restaurant people in the industry oh. uh that that particular restaurant was absolutely the after we get off shift waiting tables and serving drinks until like nine o'clock at the local restaurants hang out. So it actually worked really well for me because I had built in teams intrinsically uh, because you and three of your friends who, you know, just got off shift at the same time headed over were, you know, a team representing in a sense, your bar or restaurant. Sometimes they leaned into it. Sometimes they didn't care. And, you know, occasionally there'd be couples out on date night or whatever. And that's actually how we got our second longest account was uh, a husband and wife who own a pizzeria were out for a date night at the CGI Fridays, saw my show, loved it, and they reached out to me. Uh, and we've been with them on and off since like 2011. That sounds Damn. great. You, got the, you awesome. got the hookup from all the people in all the different locations. Yeah, that tends to be how, how my stuff expands is people see what's going on or they hear about it from somebody who really liked it. My marketing game is weak as hell. It is 100% yeah. word of mouth at this point. And that's probably the best way to do it because people give their unbiased you know opinion and that seems to go a long way if they're mm-hmm. not employed by you or anything so jason yeah, have... or actually kelvin mm-hmm. you're you were you were in a live space before and and hopefully that will continue but do you have any stories of your first venue and how that went uh, not anything nearly as interesting and i do not host at a chevy's or anything or a chili's chevy's is a local mm-hmm. thing uh chili's or anything um I have full disclosure, I'll um, spoil the ending. Uh, 
As of now, the bar that I first hosted at and have only hosted at no longer exists since 2020. So pour one out. And that's why my decision to go live is very up in the air. But um, I got my start as a trivia player. Uh, this bar was within walking distance to my apartment in San Francisco. I would uh, I played there for about two years, maybe a year and a half with some friends. Uh, and at that point, the old host was planning to retire. And I had like my one memory, I was like, oh, I could write trivia questions. Yeah, I think I could do this. I wrote like a set and then I talked to the host one after one game, I'm like, hey, I wrote some questions. Could you take a look at them? Tell me you like them, see if you want to use them. And he just turns around and says to me, I'm actually going on vacation next week. Do you just want to host a game? I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I love that serendipity. Game. He's like, yeah, I'll tell you how to use the mic and you just do the rest. Like, okay. I'll show you how to use the mic. <laughs> Long story short, it wasn't that bad. I guess it all worked out. I hosted. It was, everything was fine. Uh, even funnier joke. I I didn't even know he he got paid. To be honest, I, I, I thought I was just like, OK, I'll, this is my opportunity to ask questions like a free open mic night kind of, you know. OK, like, oh. yeah. So then I, I, I could see you like, laboring under that false premise. Sure. He's like, oh, what's your Venmo? I'm like, oh, wait, why? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pay you. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> your first paying gig asked you, what's your Venmo? That that yeah. dates me in the industry so much. <laughs> so uh, I, I covered for him once or twice. And then uh, in December of 2016, he was like, I'm done. Do you want to take over from me? Whether you say yes or no won't change my decision to to leave. I'm like, yeah, I'll take over. I could do it for, you know, a couple months. We'll see. We'll see where that's at. And that was, uh, I started January 2017. So I got a good three and a bit year run in mm -hmm. before they closed in 2020. And uh, unfortunately, they shuttered midway through 2020 to the best of my knowledge the venue is going to be replaced by a weed dispensary and uh that's that's now have you considered how you're going to offer trivia at a weed dispensary uh, i could ask like three questions before it all just descends into yeah oh, no but long, here's right? the beautiful thing all you have to do is write three questions and even <laughs> if they stick around you just ask them again yes yeah, they won't remember them. just ask them backwards I just give yeah. them five minutes. Let the uh, let the weed take its course, because you know weed and short term memory very strongly linked. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I I love to hear this episode about like ten years down the line and where weed trivia is like a thing, and everyone's like, "What? Get That's out in wild. front of it, man! Be a exactly. vanguard." There you go. You heard it here so, first, right here. So your fee was negotiated because you didn't know uh, that you were getting paid, and the guy <laughs> just kind of gave you money. Yep. That's exactly how it went. I mean, my and, fees uh, all kind of came intrinsic um, as I transitioned from from karaoke to trivia. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go out to a bar for like four hours and bring all this equipment. I'm going to charge this. Well, if I'm going for about half the time and bringing about half the year, but I have to do a lot more setup, I'm going to charge this instead. I did a little bit of algebra in my head, and that basically uh, defined my rates. How about you, Jacob? I... Uh... My first introduction to my venue owner was, was not even through trivia. I went there for a real estate function, uh, totally unrelated, and uh, had just uh, started doing trivia online and uh, talked to the bar owner and just said, hey, are you interested in having trivia? And he said, yes, absolutely. We have been talking about it for a while now and, and really want to do live trivia. And I said, well, I do this, this, and this. He goes, okay, send me an email and... So we negotiated a price uh, that would eventually 
through certain uh, benchmarks would 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 rise. Um, and uh, so here we are. See, I started in uh, April of this year, and we're still going super strong. Um, so, Very nice. Yeah. So, so you alluded to certain benchmarks. I assume it uh, has something to do with either sales on the night or number of patrons participating. Actually, he didn't care about number of patrons. All he cared about was was profits. So okay, and that uh, makes, we, sense. <laughs> makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, some people will come in and order a lot of drinks, and you know, as long as they're not being belligerent, we keep them in, and everything's great. But um, yeah, I mean, I had to meet certain certain benchmarks profit wise to to get. Uh, my fee raised and it's gone swimmingly so far. Okay, so. so here's here's a question that kind of ties back to our topic uh, based on that. How how do you know where the sales hit on a week to week basis? Does he share? I say he, but does the owner uh, share that information with you? Is there some kind of documentation that you collectively look at, or are you going off of uh, you know trust and integrity? No, I mean he literally turns his cash register around because he just has it through a, um, like a mobile, like a tablet. He uses a tablet with like oh, Square okay. or whatever, and he's just like, here, here's all the sales I've got tonight. You know, as long as it fits within this number, you get this much. And we have only gone up or stayed the same since I started. So uh, oh, we've never dipped nice. or anything like that. So, um, you know, we have certain benchmarks, and then, you know, we try to step it up another you know, on a certain date or if we can try to advertise, um, for, you know, theme tonight, like an office trivia or something like that. Right. We'll see how it goes. But, um, but no, I mean, it, he, he's very open with his profits and he's like, look, you know, you're worth this if I get this. And it's pretty straightforward. Honestly, I really can't ask for anything better. So. No, it sounds pretty positive to me. It's yeah. in my experience, there's really two kind of types of venue owners. There are the types uh, everything is, you know, cash and a handshake and we'll see you next week. And there are the types of owners that are, are very economically focused and will, you know, talk about profit and loss from week to week. And, um, that often goes hand in hand with the, the venues that will say, Hey, you know, we had 12 teams last week. We only had five teams tonight. I, I don't know if I can validate paying, uh, you know, our agreed upon wage or whatever. And it, it goes both ways with those kinds of owners because, they will be very upfront and very clear and very honest with you. Uh, and sometimes to a fault. Yeah. I totally, I totally get both sides of it. I do. Um, because they can almost kind of guilt you into getting paid because they had a bad night. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but I did write this entire game and I, I don't guarantee that people show up. I try and I market and I do the best I can, but you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. And I have had uh, sour relationships with owners and managers who were uh, very results oriented and very micromanagey as far as, you know, payouts and, uh, and and people in the door. And the the truth is, there's only so much you can do. And it's, we say it's your job to put butts in seats, but it's not. That's just an integral part of the broader job that you're doing. And you can't control things like traffic and weather and other events going on and holidays and things like that. Uh, the best you can do is, in my experience, uh, be communicative and have that bi-directional conversation stream going with whoever your point of contact or contacts are at a venue and say, for instance, hey, I know, um, you know, as we record this, next week is Labor Day. 
Uh, I know that we're scheduled for Labor Day uh, typically, and I don't know that we're going to have a big turnout. You know, the chatter I've heard is that some teams are, are going to take off and do cookouts or whatever and go from there. Or subsequently, the day afterwards, uh, it's been my experience that the day after a major holiday, especially like a, a weekend extending holiday, is a dead day for the industry because everybody's been out on Friday and Saturday and Sunday and in some cases Monday. Nobody's going out on a Tuesday. It becomes the Monday for that week. So it it affects turnout. And the important thing is that you have that communication line with your venue uh, staff so that you know what you're thinking and anticipating and what they're thinking and anticipating. And everybody, everybody's on the same page. It, there is very little that is more important in communicating with your venues than just making sure everybody has all the information that everybody needs. Exactly. Yep, couldn't agree more. I have an example of my setup was more of like the the first one that you mentioned, the very laid back, mm -hmm. eh, it's whatever. It, I could call it like respect through apathy. You know, like they let me basically do whatever I wanted. And if I'm like, hey, I, I would host on Tuesdays. And exactly what you said, Jason, about uh, the Tuesday after a long weekend being the Monday, mm -hmm. you don't want to stay out till like 10, 30, 11 on a quote unquote Monday after a whole three day weekend. Right. So after all these holidays, I'd just be like, we're not doing it. And then the, the bartender would be like, okay, yeah, I, I don't want to work either. So like, <laughs> or I don't want a busy, busy day or whatever. So I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll just not do it. Everything was cool. And yeah, it's, it even like, um, it, it, for my situation, actually, like, uh, I didn't really see the profits. I'm sure I could have asked and seen it just fine. But I just didn't particularly care. <laughs> so I didn't. But uh, the one metric that I used was uh, we had a smallish kind of venue. It only like official capacity was about 50 to 60. And it was one of those things where every single chair in the venue would be completely or they would be complete. They would all be taken. Uh, I saw some some people try to sit in the high chairs that were available. Oh, God. Yeah. Just a, like kind of using it as a stool awkwardly. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I'd always comment to the owner, like, you know, if you got a couple folding chairs, you make more money. He's like, I know, I know, I know. And about two years into me hosting, he finally got these folding chairs. <laughs> we sure, I'm pretty sure we violated fire codes in terms of like too many people right. in capacity. But like, and that's why I figured he hadn't in the first place. True. But I mean, near, near the end, there were like, I, oh, uh, what I was going to say about like a consistency is I think if you get that, like the floor of like a couple of regular teams, maybe they don't come every week, but they come two out of three or three mm. out of four. And if you get like eight to 10 of those teams, and they all rotate in and out. So there's always like six or seven of them there on any given week. That forms like a good baseline for like, okay, a minimum of profits is going to be from the regulars, but then you kind of pad it with all of the the people who are a little more like spendy, you know, this is a, an occasion for them. It's a, it's a company or a team of people who work at the same company going for like a team building activity right? or a, a, a couple of friends who haven't seen each other for a long time. You know, they're the ones who are more likely to splurge a little bit, you know, get the bottles. I worked at a wine bar. So when I say bottles, I mean bottles of wine, not bottles of hard alcohol. That's but, okay. Uh, I'm not offended. Yeah. So, you know, they're the ones who get the bottles instead of the glass or the single glass of beer. So, um, you know, I forget every time that yeah. we're on a recording together that you are bougie. <laughs> I, 
I'm San I really Francisco do. You're like, oh, and my, my wine bar in San Francisco where I walked because cars and million dollar licenses. I don't know how California <laughs> works. I'm really just going <laughs> I, off of everything I, I watched loved, on the OC. I loved being able to walk home because there are times I would be like, <laughs> the partner and I, we would just like hang out. And like some of the locals, like the person who lived upstairs would come join us. And we just like finish off the the already open bottles of wine. And I'm like, it's nice being able to like walk home instead of have to figure out how to get home. So, right. man, I'm, well, I am going to miss that place. But uh, anyway, coming back to venues and fees. Uh, yeah, I think like just like it's hard to argue with how absolutely bumping the place is sometimes. So like... Uh, I, I I think about a year prior to everything shutting down, I like talked to my own like, hey, do you think I could do a race? And he's like, mm, yeah. And that was it. And I'm like, damn, I should have asked her this ages ago. Yeah, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I, I went through with all my existing venues and some of them I had had kind of more sweetheart deals with because they were on like off nights of the week or it was earlier into my build into trivia. Uh, so I went to those and said, okay, we've been at this rate for, for X number of years. And unfortunately, just due to, you know, costs naturally getting larger, I'm going to have to institute a slight pay raise. And everybody to a venue was perfectly fine with it, truthfully, because they were they had been making money hand over fist uh, before then. Uh, one venue that I had, though, and this I'm, I'm saying publicly for the first time ever, and I'm going to get hate mail for it, uh, was a venue that one of their big draws was every Monday night, they would offer free bacon <laughs> with any purchase. You would get, no, they would sit there and, and in their kitchen, they would fry, fry up, bacon up bacon all evening long and chop it up into little bacon bit, essentially. Like Costco serving size dish kind of. Yeah. And, and throw them in like a paper boat and they, yeah, and they give them out throughout the course of the night. You just go up and say, Hey, can I get some more bacon? Uh, and it was a huge draw and everybody loved it. And unfortunately I found out after the fact that when I negotiated my pay increase, uh, the way that they validated doing it was to take the free bacon away. Oh, what? No. Yeah. And oh. I have, this is the first time I'm ever admitting outside of my immediate like company sphere that I am responsible for the loss of the free bacon at what was Brixie's at the time. So mm. uh, that all my unfair. big trains I feel there. like got thrown under the bus on that one. Cause well, like, yeah, it, it's not as though I told them, okay, it's them. either me or the bacon. They made yeah. that decision. I didn't have a whole lot of agency in it. Uh, but I do feel bad for, for the fact no. that I was also enjoying the free they, bacon. They set you up. Like they definitely set you up. Yeah, they as did. The, like that was shitty. Well, like yeah, they were also having some kitchen issues. Um, yeah. just in general between staff and and equipment stuff going on. It was a good kitchen, but it was a small. The building is like a hundred years old. Uh, yeah, right in the heart of now. downtown X city. Uh, so you know it was it was definitely like a burger and fried kind of kitchen uh people weren't strictly coming for the food although the burgers were excellent and they were very customizable um but the kitchen was very small and it had like a big like uh diner style you know ring the bell foods out kind of window um i miss the bacon i don't i'm, I'm rambling <laughs> oh, here just because <sighs> i don't know also, do, though i've kind of also come to the conclusion as i'm looking for a new venue and like people are suggesting like really like you know, good, popular, happening bars. Like, oh, this place would be great for trivia. I'm just thinking, like, I don't know if I want to host a trivia at, like, a good bar. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know... <laughs> oh, something gonna... that has, like, craft uh, cocktails and... Or because, like, you know, people are going to go there regardless of trivia, right? Like, they're going to 
you know, look up best bars and whatever. Right. And they're going to see it on a list and people are going to go there. Like, I kind of want like a bar that people will tolerate, but don't really go to, you know, <laughs> I can't stress this enough. Uh, find weird. young and hungry microbreweries. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like just fresh out. They want to differentiate themselves from other people. They got the space. Mm hmm. They, you know, their calendars event wise are generally wide open and they tend to they tend to draw the kind of crowd that would love something like trivia yeah. because us craft beer drinkers are bougie <laughs> to, to borrow a phrase I <laughs> shamelessly used to apply to you not uh, 15 yes. minutes ago. Yeah, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't I don't want like a, a, a fancy, nice bar. I want like, you know, somewhere where there where, where people will go kind of for trivia. Mm -hmm. And not just like, I'm not going to be competing against like people who just want to go grab a nice drink. I want yeah, you want kind of a nondescript, uh, the locals know it, it's got halfway decent food kind of bar yeah. meets restaurant because I don't think you want a dive bar. I've done dive bars. You yeah. don't want a dive bar. Exactly. Says the guy come from, I say come from wine bar, of course. So my opinion is skewed definitely in a particular direction, but, uh, <laughs> And yeah. San Francisco is so strong with you sometimes. Uh, there you go. Welcome to life on the West Coast. <laughs> so so bringing it back to the concept of, you know, relating with your owners and managers and venues in general, uh, the concept of a leash kind of comes to mind. You go in and you pitch them your format, your style of questions, you, you know, your pie in the sky view for the, the partnership that you're going to have with the venue. Um, you as a creative have certain things that you need to make sure get accomplished for you to feel like you're doing the job that you want to do. Uh, but beyond that, do you find yourselves having more or less latitude than you want with what you can do with your show, with your promotions? Uh, or do you find that the venues are kind of very hard and fast on, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what you told me we're going to do. You know, you said it was going to be, you know, a two hour show, so we're not going to extend farther, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And Jacob, I'll throw it to you. What kind of freedom, I guess, uh, do you have in working with your venue in your show? So format wise and freedom, I have all the freedom to do whatever I want. Um, there are some restrictions in places I've been excuse me, where it'd be impossible to do picture rounds digitally because the bar or, you know, venue was not equipped with uh, TVs. And if it's a wide open space, you can only bring one TV and can't really show it off that well. So um, this one happens to have four TVs that are pretty well spaced out throughout. So I just cast to those. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he, he lets me do whatever I want. His only requirement is that i'm out in an hour and a half so we start at seven and we have to be done by 8 30 okay um is there another is event at 8 30 or do no they just he just like... wants to close gotcha. just like i have a full-time job this is my night job and i want to close okay. by nine so i want to get everybody's tabs paid out and all that stuff man so, so this is a bar slash restaurant where they basically shoot everyone out the door at nine pretty much yeah oh, wow and no one has a problem with it. Like, nobody has a problem with it. <laughs> I mean, I've been in similar circumstances to that, but it's not because they're closing at X time in some cases. It's just because that's the point at which they go down to their, you know, closing staff. They cut down to one or two servers, yeah. and yeah. Uh, the kitchen can close so they can let the cooks and busboys and everything off. So originally, because I came from the background of karaoke and I'm so used to running until last call, 
I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them as much show as I can. We're going to keep these people here for like three hours and entertained. And my venues are like, no, it's too long, man. Just yeah. <laughs> ask Let's your questions home. and then let them go home so we can go home. Right. Yeah, I think that was the hardest thing at first was just making sure my game was timed correctly. All while allowing for breaks and stuff like that throughout. Because um, I like to, and it's something that my venue owner and I have talked about, is breaking throughout the game to allow people to go up to the bar to reorder drinks or to order food from the, um, you know, the kitchen and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, to, you know, restroom breaks, smoke breaks, all that stuff. So uh, we'd always try to be mindful of that as well. Yeah, I've uh, I've had in my live format a built-in, like, two-break window uh, for people to use the restroom to, to step outside, take care of whatever they need to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when we made the move to online and switched platforms and everything, it just it made more sense to take one halftime break. And I found when I got back into venues, some venues were really excited about, okay, we're just doing one break right at halftime. That makes a lot of sense. And other venues, um, not so much the venues, but the players at the venues are like, can we go back to the two break system? I really like that. So the flexibility uh, from venue to venue to allow me to, to format my game in a way that makes everybody as happy as I can in the time that I have, uh, that that's freeing and it's really good. And for me, I already alluded to this, but I get pretty much freedom to do anything. I think uh, I've definitely run late before, like 15, one or once or twice, like 20, 25 minutes late. And that's just the way it is. And everyone was okay with it. Bar was fine with it. Uh, I did like how my bar did not have a TV. So I I never had like any sort of sports events competing Mm -hmm. with my game or anyone's attention to be like, Okay, I'm going to now watch this TV in the corner. So I'd appreciate that too. I also had control of the the, uh, the music. So I could play music that's like relevant to my game. If I needed to do like an audio round or anything, it was easy. But I always like have a custom soundtrack based on... Usually I'd ask a question and then the song that played was relevant to the was question. Was referential in some exactly. way. Exactly. And it's fun coming up with soundtracks that. So like it, that also like I did appreciate that. Um yeah i i had i i greatly enjoyed that and i think that's something that i would seek out nothing i've never been asked to do anything by the bar no we're just gonna cut you to where you just said i've never been asked to do anything (laughs) never been asked to do anything so yeah um did you guys like were you guys ever asked uh, like were you guys ever asked to like promote certain things for the bar or restaurant before like call out specials oh you do okay yep i'm asked Uh, that all the time it's just an easy shout out yeah for me it's it's to a point uh with my karaoke shows it was definitely a bigger thing because i had the microphone in the room for like twice as long but with trivia it's it's really my experience with promotional stuff was um, if they tell me at the beginning of the night, you know, let people know X, Y, or Z, uh, I will. Otherwise, you know, it's, I, I stick to a script in a sense. Yeah. Uh, it's not hard coded, but it's, you know, I'm there to do this. Um, if I know of something that's coming up, I may throw it in, you know, during my outro. But generally speaking, my, my trivia venues haven't asked me to do a lot of cross promotion. I'm happy to, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It just really hasn't come up. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't do any cross promotion i just announced the specials for the night like from the kitchen that's mm-hmm. about it um they don't really have any other cross they don't really have any other things going on so um yeah and from that standpoint i don't i don't announce any other events okay 
Yeah, it's different too with like microbreweries because they don't have specials per se. They have you know yeah. a floating tap offering, and that's thirty percent right. of their decor is dedicated usually to telling you what's on tap. You don't need me to to read this thing to you. Um, right that you're going to go up and intrinsically yeah. see every time you order anything anyway. But yeah, guess, usually the promotional stuff I do is uh, other events that I have at that venue. And oh, that's cool. Oh, please let me digress this because it came up recently and I, I, I love my guy, but I had to yell at him. Uh, if you do more than one uh, venue a week or you have a special event coming up that isn't in the place that you are physically in in that moment, do Don't. not, do not, do not promote something going on at a competing venue. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, I've learned over 17 years exactly how far you can tow that line. And the truth is very, very barely. Uh, the best I've been able to find is, hey, make sure you check us out on social media. We've got some upcoming stuff in the area. <laughs> and that's about as specific as you can ever get. And Keep just left it vague. there. And just yeah. Avoided. Uh, I guess slightly related to that. Uh, have you guys been asked by like the owner of one bar to host at another location that that owner also has? Like, oh, hey. like if the owner has more than one establishment? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure that I have. I'm trying to think of very specific examples. Oh, uh, the husband and wife team I was telling you about earlier in the uh, episode. They opened up a second location um, about two towns over. And once that got up and going, they brought us in pretty quickly. And that's, oh, that's been cool. a, a longstanding show for us. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely happens. Um, their success can be your success. And if you have that good relationship, uh, and I... I I hesitate to say this is canon, but if you can look at the owner uh, that you communicate with on a regular basis as something more socially broad than just a contractor-client relationship, that may help you long-term. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to go out and get beers with the owner you know, after the fact, but if you can have a nice, casual, friendly rapport with them, and, uh, and a lot of that comes from respect and trust in time, uh, as long as you see each other as kind of equals in a in a partnership that that intrinsically kind of comes along and yeah it can it can pay off in spades for sure i have one kind of situation so the owner of the bar owns a couple of a like i think like a sandwich shop somewhere but i think he's also affiliated with another bar in like downtown san francisco a bit farther from me and he's like hey would you consider doing trivia at like another bar i'm like uh, maybe i think about it uh what's it called uh, this place is called Harlot, and it's a nightclub in like the business area. And I like, I like poke my head in one time, like after work, just to mm. see around. I'm like, this is just a nightclub. <laughs> it's like a dimly lit nightclub. <laughs> like, who's gonna want to listen to someone do trivia in a nightclub? This is so strange yeah that does not feel like the right environment for but that. i'm like <laughs> I, I appreciated him asking me it's like oh you did so well for one of my businesses let me introduce you to another one of my businesses and frankly like, you're better off in the sandwich shop <laughs> yeah i'm like oh that would be like that would be interesting it's like you know how like a strip club has like the dj right beforehand mm. or a little comedy show it's like yeah, we'll just do a trivia night. Slash. Next up to the stage is <laughs> history. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
Yeah. I, the visual I have in my head right now, Calvin, I gotta let you know is is equal parts you being the strip club <sighs> DJ and you being the stripper. Yeah, my next hidden theme round is gonna be just stripper names. Nice. We'll do a little Mercedes. We'll do. A little... It's really just luxury cars. I think yes. that's the direction you take your business, Calvin. I think this is <laughs> this is a new frontier for you. Oh, uh, we got weed <clears throat> trivia. We got strip club trivia. It's uh, it's all everything's together. legal in California. <laughs> exactly. Brave new world. But yeah, so like I guess yeah, opportunities. There's there's plenty of doors, just not doors you'd always want to cross, <laughs> even if they're open. Fair. And and I know I was joking a little bit about the sandwich shop idea uh, yeah. a moment ago, but it occurred to me that a couple of years ago I had this quote unquote genius idea. Basically, after my youngest son started to get into school, I realized that I've there's nobody at my house during the day. I don't have a day job. What if I could put together like a quick hit 45 to 60 minute trivia game and stack like that game up three times and do it at like local chain restaurants during their lunch rushes these are people that are just coming in for lunch uh you know in groups of two to four you know from the office or whatever and what if i just had you know quick hit casual trivia there and you know we could set up like a leaderboard for each company and everything i never did anything with this idea but i was formulating like the idea of of afternoon trivia basically Hmm. like well i like that idea a lot yeah that kind of whole fed into the whole like uh the uh gosh what's it the mobile app trivia fad that was like mm-hmm. the whole, yeah it was like, around the year. time that like uh not hq trivia the other one um buzz time was pretty big around then yeah like 20 like, yeah i feel like it would feel that same niche of like it beats staring at your phone browsing the same old stories or whatever right for at sure least it's like interactive and entertaining get your mind up work yeah yeah but then i realized too you know people have you know, very, very time crunchy lunch rushes. And if, you know, the restaurant's backed up, like they're, they're so concerned with the time or not thinking because they just got out of the office for an hour that I don't know that they'd actively want to participate in a test. Yeah. Or maybe the, the, even the restaurant would want to get people out the door quickly so they could fit. That's also true. Especially during a lunch rush when table turnaround is so important. They're not going to order a second sandwich, right? <laughs> Typically not. And it's not like they're going to get yeah. a second glass of wine in most cases. Uh, uh, I was just trying to make money during the day, man. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> there's something there. There's something, there is something there. I agree. So, Jacob, to, uh, to hard turn here, let me ask you. This is your first venue. This is your first kind of foray into doing live trivia. You said starting up in April. Do you have a contract with your venue? I do not. Um, I... It was so off the cuff when I asked him, and it just kind of started that I didn't even think about it. Um, and to be completely honest with you, I didn't know if I was going to make it as a, you know, live host trivia or tri- live trivia host because, you know, I I'd never done it before. I didn't know, you know, what the how it would go with there. I didn't know if it would crash and burn. I didn't know if I would be good at it. Um, it's done well, but you know. I think the venue owner and I have enough trust in each other that it's not really a problem. I don't think mm-hmm. anything written written on paper is necessary at this point. Do you get paid with a check or do you get paid kind of cash? I'm paid, un- yeah, I'm paid cash okay. under the table. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah we're going to cut that. And, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am paid cash. Uh, okay. It's it's always been our agreement and it has never posed a problem for either of us. And, okay. you know, our our benchmarks were kind of 
um, agreed upon, you know, verbally. So it's it's he's kept his end of the bargain. I've kept up mine. So nice. Business. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you in, in all my experiences, and I've at this point been in and out of a lot of venues uh, over the years, I almost never get anything like legally contracted with my venues. I'm very, very fond of the, the, the gentleman's agreement kind of handshake situation as long as both parties are up front with each other. If I go in and I'm scouting, you know, an, an opportunity and, and having that initial meeting, you know, I'll, I'll let them know what my expectations are for what their business is going to do and, and what my show is going to look like. And the big ask that I have is um, give me six weeks before we decide if we're going to continue this or not. And if we're not going to continue down the line, just give me two weeks heads up. And it's pretty universally accepted. And even when it isn't, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I don't want to have a file folder full of contracts because it's been my experience that once you have a contract, you start looking for a way out of the contract. Fair enough. Or some yeah, way to that's, to, that's a good way of putting it. To to analyze it and figure out, okay, well, I said I was gonna pay this, but if I interpret this wording this way, I can get away with this. And it doesn't lend itself to a good relationship necessarily. I mean, it is a tool in the arsenal, and I'm not telling anybody else out there listening yeah. to not cover your ass. Uh, make sure that you know you have a contract for employment or, or contracting. I mean, we are contractors after all, but it's it's not something, at least at this point, that I've felt is is absolutely vital. I feel like there's a gentleman's agreement, but there's not really a gentleman's contract. It's like kind of removes that aspect of it. I feel like you would at your gentleman's club when you're the strip club trivia host. A <laughs> a. <laughs> Yeah, actually got to say some. It's happening, Calvin. It's one. happening. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a place that does a buffet, a, a by you can guess what type of place I'm referring to when I say place. But there is a place in San Francisco. The that best damn pet shop in town. Uh... <laughs> oh God. But uh, anyway, uh, I don't have a contract, or I didn't have a contract with my <laughs> with my bar owner. See, uh, and look it, what happened. Yeah, there you go. Actually, it was one of those things where technically I think he owes me two weeks worth of pay, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I'm just like, is bar closed? I'm, I'm not going to go asking him for right. it. It's, it's all good. Now, on but, that uh, note, I will say that even though I haven't historically done contracts, I have done invoices, uh, depending on the nature of the venue. And usually on the venue's request, like when I was doing the TGI Friday shows, everything was so uh, disparate and corporate. Uh, in structure that I had to send them like electronic invoices on a weekly oh. basis. That was how their payout system worked. So I developed those. And now that we've done the expansion into New Jersey, uh, because I can't physically go out there and collect the money, uh, yeah. we just send them an, a digital invoice through like QuickBooks and then they Venmo us. I'm actually surprised, Jason, that that TGIF did not require a contract, being as corporate and chainy as they are. Um that's, I think that's good, but it's just interesting that they didn't require it. I mean, there was a whole bunch of other documentation I had to go through, tax paperwork and, and stuff like that, but like an actual like agreement. Um, I don't think they wanted to get their corporate legal department involved, frankly. Fair enough. Fair I guess enough. it's like, yeah. yeah, like a one-time, it's almost like a brand new event every single time, and they just promise that they'll pay you when you show up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I also fill out invoices. I got paid above the table. So uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was, oh, just curious. I got paid monthly. What about you, Jacob? 
I'm paid weekly. After yeah. every show, I'm, yeah. I get my. There you go. He just reaches money. in the till, counts out some cash, and hands it to you. It's yeah. good arrangement. Uh, I've been weekly for pretty much all my venues, but that reminds me, it was an interesting situation going back to the TGI Fridays thing because they had, I think it was a net forty-five payout or something. Oh. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the term, it basically means you ask them for money and then they give it to you a month and a half later. Yep. Uh, that didn't work for me in my economics. So I talked to my general managers at the venues I was in, and we came up with the genius idea to just backdate every invoice 45 days. <laughs> nice. That's yeah, awesome. There you go. You're hosting trade in the future. That's it. <laughs> well, no, just in the far past. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you're oh, paying sorry, me yeah, today for this yeah. event that I'm lyingly telling you we did six weeks ago. And it all just kind of worked out. I mean, I got paid out in like one lump sum through their accounting office every week uh, for all the various ones. And I say all, it was like three. Um, but, you know, the important thing is I didn't want to sit there and, and not generate revenue for six weeks. I often had to bring in subcontractors, other hosts to do it. And I'm not going to make them wait a month and a half to get paid. And I don't have, I didn't have the liquidity to, to cover that. But you were liquid courage. Yeah, but not liquidity <laughs> courage. Words have meanings. <laughs> I had to. I had to. You should have realized that in hindsight. Oh, there it is. There it is. So, uh, Calvin, you're you're a big wino. Uh, did you ever go to the bar uh, when you weren't working? Uh, that's a good question. Initially, no, because like I said, I mean, rest in peace. I loved them, but they weren't a particularly good bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but eventually, like after I started like seeing more like. I also learned that like all the regulars at that place who live in the area just wouldn't go on trivia nights because they were they were all like I'm not dealing with this crowd of people like mm -hmm. it's it's just too much I'm not going to bother with it so I like never saw any of the regulars really except for like a handful of them and then I met like one or two of them and then I like went on it like I started going on like another night just to like grab some stuff or like do some other work. And then eventually it was like, okay, I'll, I'll hang out here every once in a while. I, I know some people who show up now. So I, I would still go. I think it's more because it was close. If I if it wasn't close or not within walking distance. Sure. Well, on my way home from work, I probably wouldn't go. But yeah, I, I'd still go to the bar near the end. I didn't go at the beginning, though. How about you, Jacob, in the place uh, that you host at? Yeah, I mean, my venue is... is about 25 minutes away from me so you know in the very little time that i do have i'm not driving 25 minutes <laughs> to you know i know i love my bar owner but he totally understands it's just mm -hmm. like yeah. it's not it's not uh conducive to my schedule so sure uh as for me case by case basis gotcha. uh one of the venues that i was hosting primarily karaoke at was uh, a, a large-ish local music venue uh, for the, the surrounding town. So whenever they had, you know, like a local uh, cover act or tribute band that I liked, I'd pull the string and say, hey, can I get, uh, you know, that reserve table up there? That's really nice uh, that you save for your friends and I'm your friend. <laughs> and, and they usually took care of me. Um, and I would occasionally go in if I was in the area and needed a lunch or I needed to meet up somewhere with somebody uh, for like a, a wedding booking meeting or something. You know, I'll, I'll throw the, the business to somebody who's been taking care of me. Uh, but it's very much a case-by-case -case basis. If it makes sense, I'm happy to patronize my establishments. <laughs> if it doesn't, then I'm just going to go to, like, Burger King. <laughs> uh, in some places, you will not, you would not find me uh, caught dead in there unless they were actively paying me. And um, <laughs> there are some places that used to pay me that don't anymore that I, it's petty. I'll be the first to tell you uh, I'm not going to give them a cent. 
at this point <laughs> because not that I necessarily got fired, but I'm no longer hired. Yeah, it's like there's plenty it's like, of other okay, places. Yeah, our relationship has run its course. I can go get a burger and a beer somewhere else where I don't have to be reminded uh, of the times we had. I do sometimes ask my regulars, like, do you guys ever go to the bar? Like, just because like you go there every week, they're like, no, it's just like straight up, like, no, <laughs> like we only go for trivia. <laughs> right. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, and then I realized like by comparison, the two of you, I have been, and this is going to sound stupid and cocky and, and weirdly like a self burn, but I have been fired from way more venues than you guys will ever get hired in. <laughs> uh, That's you're... probably true. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm approaching 18 years right now. <laughs> Yeah, I've been in and out of it. It's got to be at least a yeah. hundred venues at this point. I'm still in the like high school girlfriend stage of trivia. <laughs> it's uh... a <laughs> which sucks because I'm running out of places to go get a cold beer. You're <laughs> at high school sweetheart that I'm at like first kiss as a, you know, as, a, as a child. No, no, Jacob, you you and your venue are like dancing in middle school where there's like three yeah. feet between you. And, and you're not Jesus, sure where to put your yeah. hands and you can't yep. you can't look right at the venue because then the venue will know that you're thinking about touching the venue's hand. And what the, the new teacher 10 feet away with a flashlight yep. in his or her hand. God, I need this slash fiction so badly in my life. Jacob and the bar he loved. <laughs> this really went in a direction. I was is your restaurant named after a person? <laughs> Please tell me it is. Uh, no, it's not. It's uh, it's named after the railroad. Oh. I don't know if that's any better. Okay, we're not. Jacob finds himself on the wrong side. That of the concludes tracks. our roundtable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a really interesting uh, topic to talk about, Calvin. Thank you so much for <laughs> suggesting it, uh, Jacob. If people uh, that aren't us and want to hear about better topics uh, want to let us know what they are, how would they do that? Uh, you can uh, you can email us at quadriviapod.com. Uh, also at quadriviapodcast.com and I think uh, oh I always forget is it is it dirtybuttface.net or poopyface.net quadriviabuttface.net come on that That's is it. that I'm is sorry. the shining star in our marketing strategy it's you know it should be in bold on our on our sheet here but it's not um, but yeah any of those places um, please feel free to, to reach out give us some some content ideas, uh, you know, topics that you would like to hear talked about. Uh, if you have any questions yourself about uh, starting up a, a trivia night at your local bar and you want to talk about venue relations, just uh, shoot us an email. Or if or, you want to suggest us a uh, keyword to use for an upcoming episode. Do you like that segue? I absolutely hey. do. As we move into our keyword challenge, we are uh, a nice number of episodes in at this point. So uh, I'll take the 10 second route to explain how the keyword challenge works. Somebody who likes us very much wants uh, to give us a word to write a question about. We're going to do it. We're going to take exactly 10 minutes uh, maximum to do it. It's a test of our skills and our researchability uh, and in some cases our grammar. Uh, Calvin, what is our keyword today and who do we have uh, to thank for it? Our keyword comes from Stream Mom over in Fargo and our keyword tonight or day is strawberry oh thank you for that one stream mom stream mom's one of my uh, online regulars so oh, i am woo. happy to hear that she's participating in our silly little show uh what do you think guys should we uh step away uh for about 10 minutes and come back and see what jams oh thank you for continuing to listen both of you and we'll see you on the other side of this break Hello, fans. Welcome back. Hopefully your breaks uh were nowhere near as long as ours you should have had about 30 seconds and 
Corey um, absolutely committing crimes against editing uh, against me during that break. Uh, the keyword today is strawberry brought to us by my favorite of all stream moms. It is stream mom out in Fargo, North Dakota, which I've been assured off microphone is a real place. Uh, Jacob, did you find a direction to take this one? I did. I did. Here is my question. Berry cake shop, flitter bit the butterfly, berry happy home, and maple stirrup and the Oatsmobile were all toys related to the 1980s greeting card character named what? I'm having weird nostalgia right now because I recognize one or two of these names. I'm like trying to remember what this character even looks like. I think I'm only familiar with the name. Yeah, I've got I've got a good '80s esque picture of the character. I know the character yeah. has been rebooted uh, in the last few years, and I have no idea what the new version looks like. But I, man, we're we're in my wheelhouse. '80s like childhood nostalgia. I was born in '81, and had uh, a pair of sisters uh, in the decade as well. So I'm very familiar with the answer. Did you have one. any of those toys? Uh, did I personally know? But I'm reasonably certain that at least one of my sisters did. Gotcha. I was I was Thundercats and Transformers for life, man. Nice. Uh, Calvin, um, I'll let you, uh, I think between context clues and the question wording, I think we both got this would be my assumption. I have a confession. I don't think I would have known this if not for the keyword being presented to us, but That's fair. I believe it's strawberry shortcake. Uh, I very strongly agree with you on that. Yeah. And I very strongly agree with you as well. It is strawberry shortcake. She so, has red hair, right? Yeah. Well, she strawberry. Did. She was a strawberry yeah, yeah, blonde. Well, okay. <laughs> My my favorite like renditions of strawberry shortcake are from Robot Chicken. Um, I think like it's it's horribly graphic, but it's also very funny. And uh, anyway, well, as soon as I saw strawberry, it's the first thing that came to mind, so I just kind of had to go with it. So yeah, I'm looking up the uh, the modern. Apparently, the latest version of strawberry shortcake on TV is all CGI, and it's it's uh, wrong to my taste. It is wrong. Okay, it's it's not as old as I was thinking it was. I was thinking like a grandma embroidered-ish character, but this is like slightly more up to date than that. Oh no, she was like eight or nine as a character or whatever. She just had a big old grandma hat. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, now I remember. Um, I mean, this is this is nostalgic content right here and the good news is this will play. It's one of the questions that you don't see often enough in a pub trivia environment. It's a question that'll play better in theory for women than it will for men mm. yes i mean i'm, I'm I mean, out here just assigning I'm, I'm gender norms to everybody yeah. <laughs> but you, you can speak in speaking, generalities yeah <laughs> broadly uh, speaking if you were a child in the 80s and you were uh, identified as female you were more likely to have strawberry shortcake merch than you were uh me with my gi I'm joes guess. and my and my stupid knockoff gobots oh uh i my parents tried god love them they tried but the gobots were cheaper i get it see i'm i'm not to go too far down but like i was a firmly like power rangers kid which is a lot later that was my my distinct memory yeah with the transforming and everything i was at the exact age where it was very uncool to like power Uh, rangers when they first came out i was like i had just started middle school so i missed that i missed the pokemon craze i'm barely old enough to have appreciated the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as much as I do. Oh. I almost aged out on that. It was really close. You're, you're wow. All the things I watched. But yeah, you are old. <laughs> no. And yet somehow I retain my figure. 
Um, I like the question. There, there isn't a whole lot as far as moving parts go on this one, so there isn't much to compliment slash criticize. It, it definitely is on theme, and I expected a reasonable chance that we'd have Strawberry Shortcake show up uh, just based on what this keyword was, so you didn't disappoint that theory. If I were to just nitpick a little bit, yeah, berry cake do. shop i'd probably take out because it has berry cake in it which is just like a it's like a gut okay it sounds kind of like the answer kind of thing but, yeah uh, well i mean plus you also have berry happy home in there so you're reduplicating the berry reference True. So. Yeah, keep one True. berry is okay one, but only one yeah is pushing it right. yeah one berry is the right amount of berry just ask yeah. she's gonna have berry other white <laughs> and marvin berry you know mary berry your cousin marvin berry uh <laughs> just showing off my 80s nostalgia even more yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna wait till jason asks this question but i'm pretty sure I, I did not ask a question about a certain baseball player uh that was the yeah, other theory yeah. that i had was that somebody was gonna go that route uh yeah there's gotta be another toy right like yeah, probably there could plenty of the kids yeah exactly you call up one of my sisters and find out yeah. uh calvin how about you what do you have for us i do not have a nostalgic question about uh toys but my question goes like this uh the state of oklahoma has a state fruit the strawberry that's why it's strange that in 2007 oklahoma named what their official state vegetable senator don barrington defended this classification saying that it's technically part of the cucumber family okay i'm either weirdly right or terribly wrong on my guess on this i feel like this connects to something that has to do with school lunches in in a roundabout way uh calvin i'm not looking for you to confirm or deny i'd love to hear what jacob's thoughts are before i go into to any detail i i can you can you elaborate on school lunch because i'm so i'm not yeah so i have this inkling of a memory of a story and the story was basically uh that in some state or in some school district, there was some outcry over the nutritional value uh, that was built into their school lunches. And the argument that was made at the time by the administrators was that ketchup counted as a vegetable. <laughs> Despite the fact that ketchup comes primarily from tomatoes, which are botanically fruits. Uh, and this feels so backwards that it might be right for this question that's where my yeah but is it part of this cucumber family uh, you are not looking at a processed food so okay the answer okay if you had said tomato it would have been more plausible than ketchup but it is Fair. neither ketchup nor tomato this is okay all right oh okay this i could have the... I, sh I should have worded it uh that's why it's strange in 2007 oklahoma named what fruit their official state vegetable then uh, i think this might be the other thing that i'm thinking of because weirdly, I have two weird-ass <laughs> things that are <laughs> what's, fruit what's and vegetable. Well, what's the other one? This is clearly uh, just like offbeat news kind of subject. Yeah. But I want to hear um, your... And I feel like I stumbled across this in that kind of offbeat news context. I think this then might be watermelon. And why uh, you yes, that? that does make sense. I, I don't have any thunder beyond, I swear, I saw this in like a, a Reddit today I learned thing uh, or some post on social media that Reddit, watermelon is... Right. <laughs> Or trivia host thunders left and right. Am I so, so? Am I right on watermelon? Uh, you are indeed correct about watermelon. Nice. The oh, watermelon is the state vegetable of Oklahoma. The full story is slightly less interesting. It's basically they really like this senator really wanted the watermelon to be the state fruit of Oklahoma, but they already had one as a strawberry. So he's just like, screw it. It's going to be the state vegetable. 
And everyone's like, you can't do that. He's like, why not? And it's the official state vegetable, the watermelon. He showed them. Exactly. And, and so. the defense was that it's technically part of the cucumber family. Cucumbers, which are also botanically fruits. Hey, Nick's V. Haddon, man. That's here's, all. You here's what you could do, I politician. I argued about. I cannot believe this. Here's what you could do. Make it the seedless watermelon, and at least you can stand on that <laughs> and say, well, no, botanically, fruits have seeds. That's what makes them fruits, and seedless watermelons uh, don't. So, aha, double reverse, gotcha. I, I'm sure it's Oklahoma. Write a message to Mr. Barrington. Be like, hey, I mean, no offense in case you need a compelling argument. There, but... Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, watermelon for your answer to a strawberry question. Like in, in certain ways that tracks because it's green and it doesn't have seeds. And therefore in that uh, kind of, well, it's a flightless or, you know, a featherless biped. It must be a human <laughs> kind of mentality. Then yeah, Are it's watermelons the emus of fruits. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I wish we had the right lineup for this follow-up question, but does that make a watermelon a sandwich? Oh, uh, if you like ever empanada. <laughs> All I'm telling you, there is, there is no more sublime joy in life than going to Jeff uh, Bim's house for like a housewarming and then just spending 30 minutes while he's trying to talk to other guests, just asking him more and more crazy combinations of food uh, as to whether or not they're sandwiches. A watermelon uh, is the ravioli of fruits. <laughs> it kind of is in, in yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's good. It's like fucking that. tamale, I guess. But anyway, uh, Jason, you're our final question. What right. do you have in store for us? We had nostalgia. We had state vegetables. Uh, I went pop culture on mine. So, I mean, you, you kind of did as well, Jacob. I should I was concede. Say, but I went, in a different, I, I went in a different pop culture route. Here's mine. Uh, Gene Wilder, the best Willy Wonka, created lickable wallpaper in flavors like orange, pineapple, plum, banana, strawberry, and the fictional snozberry. What you may not have known is that snozberry appears in two different Raw Doll books. The second and less kid-friendly instance was in the work My Uncle Oswald, where Dahl used the word as a euphemism for what? <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know he. I didn't know he did the screenplay to this movie. Calvin, this is all you. I, I have no idea. No, I'm sorry. I don't know the answer, but you say snozberries, and everyone just thinks of one thing, and it ain't a roll doll book. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just think of the scene from Super Trooper. Exactly. Super, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. No. So I'm guessing it's a drug reference if Super Troopers was halfway cultured and took their inspiration from Roald Dahl. If Broken Lizard read Roald Dahl books. And um, Broken Lizard, the, the, the very literary, uh, diverse group that yeah. they are. And, and no shade to them, but I don't see them being huge uh, bibliophiles. I have, I have two fun facts about Broken Lizard slash Super Troopers. One is the um, the actor who plays... Oh, God, I hope I'm right. Uh, the actor who plays Rabbit, I think, has a prosthetic leg. Is okay. that true? I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... And I'm going to say my second thing. And Mr. Snozberry's guy, you know, the guy who's actually said these Snozberries taste like Snozberries, is mm. married to one Miss... Uh, eh, Christina Hendricks. Really? Mm-hmm. No way. So, that is that is I know that, but I don't know what smells friggin' means. weird is and that information for you to taste. just pull off the cuff. Yeah. This is I mean, what happens you can get trivia host together. One. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's that reminds me of this one interesting fact. Uh, I don't know what a snozberry is other than I'm gonna guess it's some sort of drug reference. Yeah, I mean, I was like, but LSD like I don't know something. like uh yeah. I 
Ellis Smith, is that timeline right? Uncle, yeah, LSD, or yeah, LSD. I'm okay with that. What's that? Okay. Late 60s, 70s, when I want to come out, World Doll. Yeah, I'm Seems not going to confirm or deny, but I will guy. say, yeah, you're in the ballpark time-wise. Let's go with LSD or acid. Yeah, LSD. I don't know what I expected you guys to answer on this. I <laughs> love the guess LSD. Um, it's incredibly wrong, but I love you anyway. <laughs> Is it an actual food that people eat normally? <laughs> um, for, for broad enough definitions of the word eat, Sure. Uh, when Roald Dahl used the word snozberry in the very adult-centered uh, book, My Uncle Oswald, uh, he was oh. referring to a penis. Oh, oh gosh. Snozberry yeah, is a penis. Yeah, the exact quote from uh, My Uncle Oswald is, I grabbed hold of his snozberry and hung onto it like grim death and gave it a twist or two to make him hold still. Very effective. Huh. It's like putting a twitch on a horse. <laughs> Roll doll, you naughty. Well then, that's that's a new tidbit I learned today. Yep, uh, came out in 1979, so I'm I'm younger than the penile definition of snozberries by just two years. Information none of us ever needed. That'll stick in my head though forever. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. I stumbled across that fact on like Cracked or something years ago, and it just stuck in my head. Oh, the snozberries taste like what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you ruined super. Maybe, maybe Broken Lizard knew exactly what they were. No, doing. but but to be very clear in the timeline, the concept of a fictional fruit called a snozberry came first, and then he recycled the word for a later book uh, uh, okay. where he used it as slang for a wang. So, what was the first one? Was it Big Friendly Giant? Uh, the or first Roald Dahl book. I or is it Charlie. Oh, Charlie and the Chocolate. Oh, it was Charlie or Willy Wonka, whichever version. Oh, the, uh, that's yeah. what he's. Okay, yeah, that's how was the I, book I name. Yeah. Now. Oh, okay. That's, so that seems are, kind of rude to just be like, I'm going to take this made up children's word and use it in a completely different context. Hey, he, he owns the word. He can do with it what he wants. That's a good point. Um, and, and thank him for that because 42 years later, that was a fun question to write. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure what your get rate would be on that. Probably not great, but I don't know how, uh, how well known his, uh, his books are. So well, the hope there, I mean, I did throw in that it's a less kid-friendly reference, and that definitely got you into the ballpark of, like, drugs, which right, was drugs, not which is... a direction I expected anybody to go. Well, I would I think genuinely it just came, be curious to find out. It came out. from the Super Troopers reference, I think. Um, ah, true, and I hadn't even yeah. considered that reference, in all honesty. Right. I Yeah, it was only Super Troopers that I've heard that word. I've Same here. I initially debated using the phrase, you know, euphemism for what body part, but I'm like, that's going to tip everybody off. If, if you wanted to keep it more PG, I think even like making a joke about Super Troopers and either asking for Roald Dahl or Willy Wonka is a plausible route, mm -hmm. right? It seems very, you know, like fictional flavory kind of a word, you know, sounds Did delicious. Did you say dictional flavor? Fictional flavor. <laughs> okay, not I what I heard. Dicks on my mind. <laughs> All right, yeah, so uh, yeah, nobody went with Daryl. And nobody went yeah. with uh, fields or wine. Yeah, we we don't know whether Corey would have disciplined us if we went too far down the non-strawberry path. Yeah, we all use the word strawberry. We're fine. Yeah. Uh, so I I liked one of these questions more than the other two. I will just say that. 
out loud. And if you <laughs> listeners liked one of these questions more than the other two as well, why don't you let us know via voting uh, through our website? That's quadriviapodcast.com. Just head over to the keyword challenge uh, header and vote for your favorite in the fantastic and not at all stolen technology that is Google Forms. Uh, we will post the results of those uh, ever. We'll figure that out. Um, all right, so that's it for the uh, the the non prefab content. Let's get into some prefab content. Jacob, do you have a game for us? I do. Uh, it is uh, currently August thirtieth when we are recording this this episode, and I do know that in the middle of September, Broadway reopens in New York City, which is a, a major event because it has been shut down for so long and i think people are looking forward to it so uh, i had written a round on best musicals tony award-winning musicals nice and uh thought we would do um just kind of a big old musical round so it's gonna be interesting i've only i will seen be one singing all life. of the questions and you'll be answering in song so I, I was just gonna anticipate okay. that calvin should yeah. answer all of these in song oh gosh what's While your vocal dances, range calvin can i harmonize yeah. with you uh i'm low baritone ah damn it i am too yeah so am i well if only jim just kidding and we have one barbershop (laughs) this is what you're missing out on damn it jeremy all right y'all ready for question one yeah bring it friend during the 10th tony awards in 1956 which musical hit a home run and won for best musical only challenged by the musical pipe dream uh, oh, got this off the clue i think i wouldn't have any thunder without that in any way shape or i mean form. is it is it about baseball that's what know, i'm thinking it? it is i'm i'm very much thinking this is damn yankees it is damn yankees musical i know yeah it's damn yankees uh the uh the home run hint in there was was definitely the uh the pusher so mm-hmm. nice job are you familiar with the show at all jacob damn yankees yeah uh very little I'm my older to... brother was in it when I was in high school. Oh, okay. And, uh, or I'm trying to remember school. if the, the rival team in the musical is the Washington Senators or not. I think it's a team out of Washington, and I tend to think that it was the Senators, but I, I don't have a whole lot to back that up. I think I wrote a question in that vein years ago. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I was trying to quickly look it up, but um, I'm terrible at glancing over <laughs> things, so... Also, uh, the best supergroup to ever release a song called High Enough. Uh, question two. Despite going up against an incredibly popular musical in West Side Story, which musical won Best Musical in 1958, not causing any trouble? Uh, I've, I've researched the list of Tony winning Best Musicals often I, enough and recently enough. I just don't know the years. Um, I'm, I'm leaning something in a... No, Rodgers and Hammerstein, did they do West Side Story? No, they didn't. I forget who did offhand. Um, This era, I'm definitely going to lean towards a Rodgers and Hammerstein, but it's too late, and the clue doesn't make sense for South Pacific. Uh, Oklahoma, My Fair Lady, none of those are ringing a bell with the trouble No, it's not for trouble. Yeah, I'm... It's too late for sound... I assume Trouble is the title of a song in the musical, and I'm just not placing it. Like, Golden Era Broadway is not my strong suit in, yeah. in musical knowledge. Unfortunately, I'm a bad, bad Broadway boy. Bit too, bit too old for me. I'm <laughs> sure I know it. I just can't place. Listeners it is a, it is a well-known musical right now yeah. because I, I should know this. Um, is this. Is Trouble in, like, the list of, like, most 
like songs you would know from the musical? I guess so, because that's why you use it to hint. Okay. Uh, 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 the hint, there's not a song called Trouble. Oh. But the word Trouble is Jeez. a main uh, word in one of the opening songs of the musical. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Um, we got Trouble right here in River the, City. The Tempest, the musical. There we go. <laughs> now, this one is Music Man. Oh, we got oh trouble okay. Right here in River City. Gotcha. Oh, uh, yeah, I could, Hill. Yeah, yeah, if it was River City, I could have gotten Damn. to the Music Man. But I only I, know 70 odd trombones. Yeah, I've not seen right. the Music Man. I'm, again, a bad, bad Broadway boy. Um, I was in the, uh, the uh, Barbershop Quartet when I was in high school in the, in the Music Man. Oh, nice. Since we're, since we're, you know, fully circled back to barbershop quartets. So, okay. Uh, that's fun. Okay. Next question. Time oh, show. sorry. Go ahead. Uh, next time we're on the show. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Uh, question three, which musical boasting the record of most Tony nominations ever received with 15, including best musical in 2001, uh, was overtaken by Hamilton in 2016 when it was nominated for 16 awards. We're talking 2001. That's a little before Wicked, I Wicked? think. That was the first thought I had. It was close. Yeah, Wicked was like uh, ooh, four or uh, five. The Lion King, I think, was very late 90s, but yeah. might have come out in 2000, which might have made it Tony winnable in 2001. 2001? And 15 Wait. sounds really, really good. For but, Lion King? For Lion King, yeah. Kind of feel goody. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's like another really obvious I can't think of another really obvious musical from that era like Lion King sounds the most prestigious mm -hmm. of the ones we like unless the answer is Wicked and we just got the years massively off I don't think that's no I, I swear Wicked was like 2004 because it yeah. it actually lost best musical I think to Avenue oh. Q oh yeah, Wicked was yeah, a weird one. I, like, I mean, I like Lion King. Musical. You throw in all the you throw in all the costumes, set design. Mm -hmm. You get yourself to a lot of nominations real quick. Yeah, the only thing is the like score, yeah. best song. Mm -hmm. Not you're not going to have too many of the acting Tonys, but you know, as far as like the production Tonys, you're very I, much. That, that is kind of an was, open question. Do they include acting awards as part of a movie's awards? Or like in a musical? Yeah, the musical. Or like okay. Yeah, the musical would claim you know, the, the best actor in a dramatic role or musical or okay, role or whatever. as part of the nominated. Yeah, kind of like the Oscars would. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't have a stronger guess than Lion King. Let's go with Lion King. Okay. Uh, both of these, both of the leads in this musical were stars in the Lion King movie as voice actors. I don't know if that helps at all, so oh, it's not really? Lion King. Yes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas had a huge Broadway career, huh? Um, Jeremy Irons, Matthew Broderick, Broderick, um, James. Oh, is this Nathan Lane? Would make a ton of sense. Yep, you're on the right track. Uh, oh, the producers? Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, the producers. Fifteen for the producers. Yeah, no kidding. it had a ton. It had. A ton. <sighs> wow, I yeah. wouldn't would not have anticipated like, that. I think it's a fair question. It's just. It's not misleading, but it, like, okay, I, I'm going to say it, like, slightly critical, but it's, like, it, the fact that it won so many feels a little arbitrary, but, like, that is just the way that history unfolded. So it's more than a fair question. I'm just, like, oh, I, as someone who didn't really follow Tony News, I'm, like, I would have guessed The Producers was the most nominated musical. Yeah, I mean, I'd Nothing counterpoint that it, just but... by saying, like, the fact that 
uh, Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King or Titanic or Ben-Hur had 11 Oscar yeah. nominations or whatever it was. That's I don't think we disagree that that's tr not trivia fodder. Yeah. So like just expanding it to a different medium, I don't think intrinsically makes the question more or less arbitrary. I just, yeah. hmm. without, I just, without I going too far the producers, down that uh, came out in 2000 rabbit hole, like Ben, her Titanic and even return of the Kings were like visual spectacles. You know how sure. we argued that like, okay, Lion King makes sense from like an art setting right. costume yeah. angle. Like, you know, like I could see those, like, it's not that surprising to have those movies get so many awards producers. You're like, okay, there's a lot of them, but like, like all the costume makeup for the producer, really? Like with that? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen valid? I've seen the stage production of the producers, and it's it's a great show. Don't get me oh, wrong, okay. but yeah, I so like that's I, not in a negative way. I'm just I'm surprised that 15 is the the number for the producers and yeah. not something like you said more uh, and and like throwing like in Hamilton as what like over th like Hamilton right like global phenomenon mm -hmm. makes sense. It's the most like that's sure. plausible, but like. Anyway, anyway, it's a fine question. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, just mad I didn't get it about right. not knowing yeah. my Tony information. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Let us redeem okay. ourselves. Question four. Which quirky musical won Best Musical in 2004, finding its quick-witted audience made up of politicians <laughs> and celebrities queasy with belly pain from constant laughter? So oh, I'm, I'm absolutely vindicated. Vindicated, yeah. <laughs> this is a quick question. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this uh, question's answer came up um, quintessentially so quintessential. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a minute ago. Yeah, this is Avenue Q. It is Avenue Q. Quite right. Um, yeah, you guys had had been tossing it around earlier, so I'm, I'm, it was on the it was on the tip of the tongue. I'm just so. I'm genuinely happy I was right on the hey, year and the fact say, that it beat out Wicked. Yeah, you start bringing in Tony winning musicals. I guess there's only so many so many things you can bring up. <laughs> It's Question. my favorite musical about porn and puppets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's the best one for sure. Yeah, of all of those that it's, that it's competing with. Uh, question five. In 2006, the wedding singer lost out to which musical for best musical, which narrated through the song, the, through song, the success and eventual breakup of the 1960s rock group, The Four Seasons? Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of this show. I've got a guess on it. Is it a jukeboxy musical kind of deal? Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, I want to say it's Walk Like a Man, but I don't have thunder on that being the actual name of the musical. I don't even, I didn't even know the rock group The Four Seasons existed. Oh so. yeah, no, that's uh, Frankie Valli's. Oh, okay, now that makes more sense. So it's not Big Girls Don't Cry. I think it might be called Walk Like, no. It might not be a musical named for one of the songs. All I know is What a Night. And I should recognize this name from having looked up Tony winners not that long ago. And Walk Like a Man does not sound familiar as a Tony winning title. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be mad when I hear this because I don't have a stronger guess. And I know this show. I just don't remember the friggin' title. And I don't have anything better than Walk Like a Man unless you want to throw something out, Calvin. I'm happy to defer to you and your blind I, Like I said, I only know two songs right and was, i'm i'm crossing my fingers that it's the name of a song right, walk like a man let's go yeah, let's just like go with walk like a man then and be wrong uh, Don't the say answer it's... here was jersey boys ah, jersey boys that's right yeah. son of a that's about the four seasons 
It, it is. Yeah. Nah, it's, I'm it's learning one of those things so much I know about, that I don't know. I learned all like the easy, not easy, but I'm learning the like the 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 quintessential uh, Tony winning information. Well, I, I did not know the Jersey Boys was about four seasons. This was around that a player had particularly asked for as a like reward for winning mm-hmm. so uh, i couldn't make okay. it the super easy round um so yes it is tough tougher or it's um, it's like it's like if you're into musicals i feel like it's not that tough but it's yes. more about musicals than like a person who doesn't watch musicals would know yes but not quite yes. enough that i would be like researching also right and that's so the you're thing getting me like, right at, in that sweet spot at least they're tony winners so yeah. it's not like they're way out there that no one's ever heard of. Yes, or, I've yeah. heard of all of the answers. Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm just mad at myself because you're hitting like the weird gaps in my musical exactly. knowledge. And I am I'm yeah. a musical fan. I was in musical theater. I've loved theater for 25 years. Uh, how did I not remember Jersey Boys was the title of the Four Seasons musical? Question six. I think you'll get this one. In 1996, which show won Best Musical when a night before the off-Broadway premiere, its creator, locking writer, in, locking in, locking in, Jonathan Larson suddenly and tragically died of an aortic dissection. Oh, is it a very short title? Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's that one. Yeah, it's that one. Um, much that's love to Jonathan track, Larson yeah. and his work. Um, this is Rent. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely Rent. Yep. Which it was horrible when that happened um i didn't know anything about rent when it was on broadway the the first exposure i had to it was when it came out in the movie um version several years ago um and they talked about that pretty pretty extensively in the the dvd uh bonus stuff so um yeah anyway i think jonathan larson is one of the few people to have both a tony and a pulitzer prize for a musical oh I'm I'm That's reasonably cool. certain that he got the Pulitzer for it posthumously too. I mean, it, me in it all. in a lot of ways, it dramatically shifted uh, the tone and future of like Broadway musicals because it was legitimately a rock show. Yeah. Wait, and, you got the Pulitzer for Rent? Well, I just said the answer. Rent? He got he got the Pulitzer for Rent? If I remember right, he did. Yeah. Oh. Wow, I'm learning every I'm learning so many things with all of these questions. That's what we're here for, Calvin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What, what uh, yep, just to confirm, he got the Pulitzer for drama in 1996 for Rent. Okay. Whew. Damn. All right. I didn't know that. Question seven. Which musical took the top award at the 33rd Tony Awards in 1979, making it Stephen Sondheim's fourth award for best original score after Company, Follies, and A Little Light Music? I'll be mad. I mean, do we have anything to guess which Sondheim, right? Into the Woods. I I like Into the Woods. First guess, best guess on this. And I think, you know, he's trying to narrow it down to where it not being. Uh, Sweeney Todd, I think, came out post-79. Yeah. Into the Woods would come out before. Yeah. Right? Did Into the Woods come out before Sweeney Todd? I think so, but I'm not super confident. I like Into the Woods as an answer better. I do, too. I'm I'm very first guess best guess on this. Though again, it's his fourth. Oh, it's his fourth award. Oh, after those three, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, into the woods, into the woods. That's yeah, it. let's go with that. Your answer here is Sweeney Todd. God fucking hell! I mean, I can't tell you I how excited this makes me to watch like 
Jason's just just crumbled because hard. was was there even the slightest anything to point us towards Sweeney Todd and I other than like Sondheim in seventy nine I don't know yeah I would argue that Sweeney Todd is more famous than Into the Woods that's why I think it had oh. a better get rate it, I it, I think they're kind of equal equal in in notoriety slash familiarity Into the Woods is is pretty well known in the musical space sweeney todd obviously had the movie well yeah i think sweeney todd up until actually Into the Woods i feel is like that a movie too right or let me rephrase your statement i think the movie sweeney todd made the musical more popular the movie into the woods did not or the movie into the woods did not make the musical more popular did not have a as big of an impact as uh, the movie is Sweeney Todd. Yeah, but I think that's Does because that Into the Woods had more appeal as a musical than Sweeney Todd exactly. did going in. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But like, yeah, colloquially, you know, Johnny Depp vehicle. Sure. Sweeney Todd. Not a good Sweeney Todd, Damn in it. my opinion. I'm more annoyed at that. But it had the best Bonham Carter. <laughs> the worst buys in London also. <laughs> God, I didn't realize Sweeney Todd was 40-something years old. All right, give me something I know. I'm feeling really bad about I myself. I mean, we, we knew this. We just aren't confident about it. I think I think you're going to get this one. Here we go. In 1977, which musical picked up nine Tony Awards, including Best Musical, with Dorothy Loudon winning Best Performance by a Leading Actress in a Musical while portraying the role of Miss Hannigan? I'm just going to answer this tomorrow. Ha, ha, ha. 77? Yeah. Was it in a... Yeah, I guess it... I, because the source material is so old, I don't think of the musical version not being anywhere near as old. You know what I mean? I don't know this one. Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure this is Annie. It is Annie. Yep. Tomorrow, mm. tomorrow. Oh, interesting. Tomorrow. Yeah, got that entirely off of Miss Hannigan. Huh. I guess it was never in my... I mean, it's no surprise that it's a musical, but I never like thought of the musical as a musical. It was always the Shirley Temple vehicle for me. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. So you've never seen any of the musical? I don't think so. I've only seen snippets of the movie. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, the musical has great, great tunes in it. Um, yeah, and this is different life, than uh, Annie from, yeah. from the Jay-Z uh, sample comes directly from the musical. <laughs> I've yeah. seen Annie yeah. Get Your Gun. I've just never seen Annie. Those are two different musicals. I want to yeah. see <laughs> Little Orphan Annie with like a <laughs> house. Annie now. Get Your Gun. We'll do before and afters of just musicals. Yeah. That works. All right. I think we're on question nine. Nine. Uh, in 1982, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was beaten for Best Musical by which show, which is focused on film director Guido Contini, who was dreading his imminent 40th birthday and facing a midlife crisis? I I got no clue on this one, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Let's see here. 82. The, the year, the references, the plot do not ring a bell at all. I, mean, I will. I will admit this one is, in my opinion, the hardest one on this whole set. Was it? I mean, is but it? I have given you the answer already. Is its title some what? <laughs> okay. Is its title like vaguely Italian? Uh, like no. is that the? Okay. I don't. I don't think so. The producers. <laughs> <laughs> Into the woods. <laughs> I. No. I don't even have a 
a wild ass guess on this to be totally honest. Yeah, this with was you. a super, super weird um musical well, a lot of controversy that it, it beat out Joseph and the amazing technical dream coat. But the answer here is nine. Okay. Yeah, um, I've I've heard of the musical. Yeah. Uh they made uh, a film odd. version of it, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's the sum total of my knowledge. I only know of nine in the context of four-letter Tony-winning musicals. Uh, same here, go. or musicals with uh, numbers in their titles, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of like sheep category yeah. content I, I would have hit it before. I would exactly. have, yes. I would have had no idea on this. And that's it. Doesn't make it a bad question. I'm just again, you're no, hitting my I, it, you're hitting it, my knowledge gaps. Oh god damn it! You have, it is question number nine. Is yes. Yeah, <laughs> Meta DT you bullshit. Yeah, you even who you taught even. you. Who showed you how to do this? He even called attention to it. He did. All right. Question 10. In 2019, which musical was awarded Best Musical at the Tonys based on the ancient Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice (sighs) and his descent into the underworld to rescue her? This is the show that is opening Broadway in Chicago in like two weeks. I'm so very excited. I want to see this desperately. I've heard great things about it. Like, how come we get so many hints for this one, but the Sondheim one is just like, oh, you don't get anything. Well, there's not even a hint. It's just telling you what the musical is about. I mean, but even if you didn't know it was a musical, you could at least get the first concept. I guess yeah, you don't know. But it. then, yeah, you, you know, know, to know connect it to the actual is. title. Yeah, you that gets you halfway point. there at best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's let's reveal. This is Hades Town. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely Hades Town. Play Hades Town. I am not here for this Dear Evan Hansen erasure in this round, by the way. <laughs> They're coming out with a movie for that, aren't they? I, probably. That's what I heard. Yeah. It seems like it, it would lend itself to one. Yeah. I do have one fun fact about Dear Evan Hansen. Are you Evan uh, Hansen? No, I'm not Evan Hansen, but um, God, I don't remember their names, but two leads who played Evan Hansen uh, are dating ben each other. Platt? That's ben Platt's the, the big one, yeah. Yeah. And there's two the other leads games. that are also dating each other. No so kidding. Four people who played Evan Hansen have paired off and are really in romantic relationships. Nice. I don't know if it's up to date. They might have broken up. Who knows? Eh, but it's ephemeral. At one point, it was a very you can't. That's not even incestuous. That is that is some weird other term. That's just workplace romance gone. Calvin, you you of all the trivia hosts I've talked to, you have the weirdest information in your head. Hey man, I almost got asked to run a trivia at a nightclub <laughs> so no, you gotta ask you almost find did some it. content yeah exactly um i i liked this round except for the questions i didn't get right i'm with you right there i like learning about things and i also hated that the answer was sweeney todd yeah and i i i forced you to go with that first guess and you're like oh it could be sweeney todd i was having this moment where i know sondheim's works i know him really well i just couldn't think of any I will still defend that one, and I you could have seen both musicals and known all the songs and not have gotten that answer, and that's what like to me, a super fan like that mm-hmm. deserves to be able to differentiate between whether the answer is Into the Woods or right. Uh, well, I gotta Sweeney look Todd. up when Did Into, Into the, the Woods, Woods came out because I feel musical? like it may have come out in like the late eighties. Yeah, now. or or okay, like this is a slight detour, and I I mean we're venturing into a trivia and um it's like does do you does do you does like 
in Harry Potter and Star Wars, there's people who are very passionate about the in-universe and mm -hmm. they know the movies inside and out, but they don't necessarily know like the actors or the years or so on and so forth. Right. You know, it's like, does that, is that included in being a quote unquote fan of a piece of media, right? Like knowing the, how many Academy Awards it won versus just like, no, this is, I only care about what's in between the, the screenplay kind of deal. Um, yeah, to, to answer it's that question semantic. leads to the concept of like gatekeeping fandoms. Exactly, and I right. don't think that we have the time or the anyway, platform to talk about that. Musicals. Another uh, another topic for the future. These were all musicals. You did great, Jacob. Yes. Thanks. I'm just... Some of them I knew. How did we do on that ultimately? Let's see. One, One two, two, three, four, five. We, eh, half of them. Five. Six. Six. Six? Okay. Yeah. Six is another musical. We barely passed. And you know what? If, if you went to like a theatrical double feature and you saw the Henry VIII musical six and then the apparently Guido Contini musical nine, you know what that would be? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Oh. Let's get on out of here. What do you think, guys? Uh, yes. Sounds great. Well, this has been an episode. Uh, pleasure recording with both of you. Calvin, we don't do it often enough. Um, so, you know, stop having a real life uh, i don't know where i was going with that uh, as for me and my lack of life uh, i live in the world of trivia my name is jason with liquid courage entertainment you can find us uh in the chicagoland area you can find us in north central new jersey and you can find me online at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or on facebook uh just look up liquid courage entertainment and i'm calvin i run footnote trivia um you caught me at a weird intersection. I'm slowly phasing my virtual game and trying to find a live venue. But if you're in San Francisco, be sure to look me up. And I am Jacob Hine with Hindsight Trivia. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I did have an online game that may start up soon. Uh, just uh, don't, don't know. It's kind of in limbo right now. Um, but uh, uh, please do find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hindsight Trivia. And just a reminder that you can find us at Quadrivia uh, Pod on Twitter, at Quadrivia Pod on Facebook, or at QuadriviaPodcast.com. Please do send us some uh, keywords and trivia topics to discuss at QuadriviaPod at gmail.com. And please send us money at Quadrivia on our Patreon. I can't yes, stress enough how too. much money I would like. There is no limit to that money, just just so that we're clear. There's there's no limit. No, there really isn't. Um, favorite Broadway musicals to get out of here. Go. I'm going to go Sweeney Todd. Ugh. Calvin? Oh, I, no, you go first. Me? Yeah. Um, Jekyll and Hyde. Ooh, good one. Yeah, but the Hasselhoff version, specifically. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, stop what you're doing this is the end of the podcast you can hit stop and go find online the david friggin hasselhoff version of jekyll and hyde it is well, acted exactly how you imagine it is acted uh, since jason you went down that route for this answer i'm gonna say starlight express starlight express starlight express look about starlight express
I like to think that like all of our trivia, like, oh, I remember this thing or fun fact about this thing. It's like I, one of us must have been completely wrong at some point. I haven't looked up everything yet, but I'm like, I'm like questioning like, oh my God, I really hope that person doesn't like what if that person doesn't have a prosthetic leg and i just said he had a prosthetic leg that'd be really you're still weird, on this it? aren't you i'm I'm just worried about being wrong i guess that's oh we also happens when you oh we've been wrong on together. this show before and on multiple but what a strange days. thing to be wrong about like no he didn't have a prosthetic leg why did you say that I'm like oh, I, I just thought it. ketchup was a state fruit so, or oh, state yeah. vegetable and that's i was cool. wrong on every conceivable <laughs> level uh, <can't laughs> we thought snozberries were drugs yeah <laughs>